and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This summer, we're talking about our growth as a teacher, about specific ways we can take advantage of these summer months to learn and improve and reach that next level of effectiveness. And as we're approaching time to head back to school, I'm going to talk today about five mistakes that teachers make during that critical first week of school. Mistakes that if you want to grow as a teacher, you do not want to make this year. And you know, I was thinking back to um, my first year of teaching in particular, and I think it was sometime around October when my principal called me into his office and sat me down for a chat. I remember him asking, do you know what's happening behind your back? And I remember him saying, you've got to muster all the authority you have and regain some control. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I don't remember a lot about this conversation, except I, those few phrases stand out in my mind, but I'm pretty sure he could probably see the tears I was so desperately trying to hold back. I was just thinking, how did this happen? I was so looking forward to teaching. I knew things were not going the best, but I just, I don't know, it just this moment crystallized for me just how difficult things really were, and I was just wondering, how on earth did I let my class get so far out of control? I mean, that conversation was no fun, but looking back, I'm so thankful for a principal who cared enough to step in and have that tough conversation because the truth is I was floundering. I remember standing in front of my class trying desperately and unsuccessfully to get their attention while half the class chatted, a third of them were wandering around the room, and only a handful actually had their homework done and ready to check. It was a nightmare, and looking back, I could trace it to the first weeks of school. You see, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had made some key mistakes during those critical first days that really came back to bite me all year long. So today we're gonna talk about five mistakes that teachers make the first week of school and how you can avoid them. First one is not realizing the importance of the first week of school. See, here's the thing. That first week of school sets the tone for the entire year, and it can easily be the difference between a calm, productive class and an out-of-control, disastrous one. If you let your students do what they want, figuring you'll deal with the problem later, guess what? Your students will get in the habit of doing what they want, and that will make things really, really difficult. On the other hand, though, if you value the first week of school and you recognize the power that it has, you can use it to make a fresh start and make big changes from last year. I did this my second year. I really said I'm going to take advantage of that first week of school. I'll share some more tips for how I did that in a minute. And it made such a big difference. It's so powerful. Even though I had a lot of the same students, there's just something about those first weeks of school. It's a new phase. Students are open to change. And you have the ability to set pretty much any expectation you want and for your students to accept it. So recognize the power of this fresh start and use it to your full advantage. All right, so the first mistake is not realizing how important the first week of school is. Second mistake is expecting good procedures to just happen. Um, 
this is a big mistake. If you just think, oh, you know, I just, it'll be fine. And, you know, I'll just tell my kids what to do and it'll, everything will be fine. This, this mistake has two different facets to it. Um, sometimes we don't think procedures through. We have a bad procedure or we just didn't think it through at all. And then the other problem that could happen is that we just tell our students the procedure without actually teaching them. So let's take these one at a time. So first of all, with procedures, sometimes we just don't think them through enough. And we can't do that. We have to really think through every single aspect of our classroom, every single aspect of our procedures. So if you're a new teacher, you've got to think of a procedure for everything from bathroom breaks to how students will pass in papers to when they will sharpen pencils, everything. And veterans, think back, okay, to last year. What did not go well? <laughs> Which procedures uh, just didn't, you know, they caused problems or things did not go smoothly? And brainstorm some better options. You can ask fellow teachers for help um, at your school or in our Facebook group. I also share um, some specific procedure suggestions in one of my articles called 10 Classroom Procedures That Will Save Your Sanity. And then I have another article, 10 More Procedures That Will Save Your Sanity. There's just so many just practical ideas. I will link to them in the notes for this episode. So go to teachfortheheart.com slash mistakes, mistakes plural, and I'll link to that um, that article that has some specific procedure ideas for you. All right, so first of all, you've got to think through your procedures and have good procedures in the first place. But that's not enough. You can't just have good procedures in your mind. You have to not just tell your students them, you have to teach them to your students. I won't go into this in too much detail because I did I have a whole blog post and a whole podcast episode on this as well. And I'll link to it again at teachfortheheart.com slash mistakes. I'll link to that blog post there. Or if you just want to head back into the podcast archives, head all the way back to episode four from our very first season, and you can listen to that podcast where I explain how to teach procedures in a way your students will actually follow them. And I'll give a little hint. The key is that you have to actually, you tell them, you practice it together, you correct any mistakes, and then you actually redo it. And I, I talk through each part of that in that podcast um, and blog post. So you definitely check those out. Um, teachfortheheart.com slash mistakes. So the first mistake was not realizing the importance of the first week of school. Second is expecting good procedures to just happen. Third mistake is letting the little things go. Oh my goodness, this mistake totally derailed me and was the single largest reason I ended up in that awkward conversation in my principal's office. You see, when I first started those first few days or weeks of school, when I saw a little problem like Brandon talking or Riley wandering around the room or Elizabeth blurting out answers, I didn't do anything about it. I I figured these weren't big problems, and I definitely didn't want to give out a detention for them, so I just let them go. But here's the problem, and if you've been listening to me long, you've heard me say this probably. Little problems don't stay little. I wish they would. I wish that wasn't how human nature worked. I wish we could let little things go and they would just stay like that, but that's not what happens. That's not human nature. 
Little problems don't stay little. They grow into bigger and bigger problems. And by the time you realize what's happened, you have a mess on your hands. Half the class is out of control and you don't even know where to begin addressing all the problems that you're facing. What I learned was that I needed to address every small issue the first week of school. Now, this doesn't mean I have to hand out any consequences necessarily or definitely doesn't mean I need to be mean, but I have to correct the problem and you need to too. So this can be as simple as this. Greg, we don't run in the classroom. Please step back outside and come in calmly. We didn't embarrass the student. We didn't give them a detention. We just simply saw the problem, made note of it, made the class and the student aware, and then we expected them to redo it correctly. This is, it was very kind, very calm, but it addressed the problem. See, here's what happens. When we correct small problems, not only do we nip them in the bud, but more importantly, we send a strong message to our students that our procedures matter, our instruction matters, what we say is what we mean. And that we're there to focus and learn. And this th- th- that message that you send to your students by addressing little problems speaks volumes to them. It shows them you mean business, that, that you're going to hold them accountable, and just, just dealing with the little things makes them realize this is a class we're going to focus in and a lot of it prevents so many of the bigger problems that you might be used to having to deal with. Now before I move on, I just want to address I've heard so many people give the advice to not sweat the small stuff. And if you're thinking that right now, you know, like you're trying to reconcile what I'm saying with that advice that you've heard, everyone has their own opinion, but here's my thought. In February, in April, certainly in May, Don't sweat the small stuff, okay, (laughs) that you have other things to worry about. But in August, during the first week of school, that is the time to please sweat the small stuff. And the reason is because you are setting expectations. You are establishing the tone. And if you address small issues, like I said, that sends a clear message to your students. If you don't address small problems, that also sends a clear message that I don't mean what I say. Um, You can do what you want in my classroom. And that is not the message you want to send. So um, that's my take. I think you will certainly be glad you sweat the small stuff during those first few weeks. Um, Later on in the year is different, but it's so powerful if you do that the first week of school. All right, so mistake number one, not realizing the importance of the first week of school. Mistake two, expecting good procedures to just happen. Mistake number three, letting the little things go. Mistake number four, worrying about being liked. Now, here's the thing. We all like to be liked. I mean, there's no question there. But do you worry about it? More importantly, do you let that desire to be liked drive or affect your decisions? If you do, you're setting yourself up for a tough year. And interestingly enough, your students probably won't respect you and ironically may not even end up liking you. So this totally backfires. As teachers, we cannot worry about being liked. Instead, we should focus on gaining our students' respect. 
Instead of trying to be our students' friends, we must strive to be good mentors. That means instead of little things go, instead of letting little things go, we have high expectations and we hold our students to them. This means that we are both kind and firm. We're personable, but not a pushover. Very understanding, yet we deal with the issues. When you're this type of teacher, you will gain the respect of the majority of your students. And bonus, they'll probably even end up liking you in the end. But you cannot focus on being liked. You must focus on being respected and see yourself as a mentor instead of a friend. Finally, mistake number five is not being fully prepared. Let me throw a few questions at you. Uh, Do you know what you're going to do when a student blurts out an answer? How about if someone just gets up and wanders around the room? What if a student uses profanity? What about the other millions of classroom issues that could possibly come up? See, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to have much confidence when these issues inevitably arrive. And because you have no confidence and don't already know what to do ahead of time, what most likely will happen is what happened to me. You won't end up doing anything. And that, in turn, leads to bigger problems, which results in the nightmare scenarios that I was talking about earlier. I can tell you from personal experience, this has happened to me and it is no fun. I wished so much I had prepared ahead of time what to say and how to handle various situations. The next year, I did not make the same mistake twice. I came up with a plan. I wrote it down. I even practiced it like I had in my mind what I was going to say. I had it ready to go. I implemented it and wow, it made dealing with problems so much easier. So the next logical question is, uh, how do you develop a plan? A couple different things you can do. You can talk to fellow teachers, either at your school or if there's not really someone you feel comfortable going to at your school, you can talk to them in our Facebook group, which I'll link to in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash mistakes. We also have some great resources for you that we've developed to help you. Um, If you haven't yet listened to season one of this podcast, jump back to the very beginning and listen through season one. It's all about classroom management. And that podcast season will really help you build a foundation and get some ideas of what to do differently. However, if you really want help and you really want this year to be different, you have to recognize that classroom management is really nuanced. There's a lot of elements to it. And one missing element can really throw everything off and frustrate your best efforts. And as I said, sometimes you need more help developing a plan. You know, different teachers can give you advice, but some of you might be struggling and saying, how on earth do I put this all together? How do I know my plan is reliable and it's actually going to work? Well, that's why I've developed Classroom Management 101. It's an online course, a complete organized system that ensures you don't miss any of the crucial elements of classroom management. In this course, I will guide you step-by-step through the process of developing a strong classroom management plan and then implementing it. 
I won't go into too many details on the podcast, but if you're interested, you want to go to teachfortheheart.com slash CM101 for Classroom Management 101. And of course, I'll also link to it in the notes I've been referencing, teachfortheheart.com slash mistakes. And you can go over there and get all the details. And if you happen to be listening to this right when this episode is released, we are currently offering a pay-what-you-can-afford promotion. So you'll definitely want to check that out. That's available through August 3rd. If you're listening to this in the future, you could definitely still check that out and um, find the benefit there at teachfortheheart.com slash CM101. As you're headed into next school year, I know there's so much to think about. Um, Let's pause just a moment and I'm going to pray with you um, and just pray for your upcoming school year. Lord, thank you so much for these teachers that are here. Thank you that we're able to communicate with a podcast and the internet. So incredible. And I pray that you'll help them as they're heading back to school. Some soon, some still have a few weeks um, to go. I pray that either way, you'll help them and encourage them. Help them to develop a strong plan and be ready to go. Help them to take full advantage of those first weeks of school and just be able to make a big difference in their students' lives in this upcoming year. Give them peace and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for being here. It's been such a pleasure to be here with you. I hope that many of you will be able to join us in Classroom Management 101 or check out those other episodes of the Classroom Management podcast season. Before we go, I just want to bring one more opportunity to your attention. If you teach in a any school, public, private, Christian, but particularly in a public school, and you're looking for professional liability insurance or an alternative to your public school teachers union, you need to check out Christian Educators Association International. They're a Christian group that offers professional liability insurance, legal help and protection, and so many more benefits. You can find out more at Teach for the Heart slash insurance. Hope you have a great rest of the summer and an amazing first week of school. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.